Hello, and welcome back to the Clavio Data Science Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, I hope you enjoy your stay. Fairly often on this podcast, we like to give examples of data science used in action to create a real software product. Usually, we get pretty specific when we do that. We may focus on running an A-B test on a marketing email or SMS, choosing an overall creative direction for your email or SMS, or adding in recommended products to your email. All of those have required us to think deeply about what an overall email or SMS looks like. Today, we're zooming in even farther to a specific aspect of an email to show the ways that deep focus and attention can lead to excellent data science. In particular, think of receiving an email. You haven't read it yet. You haven't opened it yet. You haven't done anything with the email yet. You've just navigated over to your email tab or you have your mobile device out and you see the notification and you see the email is there waiting for you. And all you can see is a short snippet of text. It might say something like your receipt for order, order number, or just a few more points until sweet rewards or urgent 24 hours left. That little snippet of text is a subject line. It's the very first part of an email that you see. And in some ways, it's the most important part of you deciding whether or not you're going to open that email and read what the rest of the email has to say. Today, I'm joined by four members of the strategic guidance team at Clavio who have spent a lot of time thinking about subject lines lately. Let's go around to get quick introductions from each of you. Who are you and what do you do on the strategic guidance team? Go ahead and start with Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a product designer here at Clavio. Just marked one year here, which is crazy. But I had been working on subject lines since I literally had started. Right now, I'm actually taking those learnings now that that project has kind of transitioned. I'm taking those learnings and putting it in the experiments team, so A-B testing. But yeah, I've been doing it for a year on. <laughs> Very nice. Next up, Royce. Hey, everyone. I'm Royce. I'm a PM product manager on the strategies team. The interesting thing here is when I worked on the subject line assistant, I was not a product manager. I was a data scientist. And I recently made the transition because I had been playing the role of a product manager as we launched the subject line assistant. And what that means really is to think about customer pain points, work closely with the team to solve for these pain points through constantly innovating and developing product features. So that's what I do on this team. Very nice. Next up, Josh. First time on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, my name is Josh. I'm a data scientist here at Clavio. I started around nine months ago and have been very happy since. And with the subject line assistant, I was sort of responsible for getting the text generation model up off the ground, and sort of ready for customers to use. Very nice. And last but not least, Philip, welcome back. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Philip. I'm a data scientist here at Clavio. And for the subline system work, I was mainly working on the engineering part. So building the front end and a lot of the back end as well to get everything put together. So as you can tell, we have kind of the entire product lifecycle represented here. You'll get to hear a lot about everything that happened regarding this work. Who were the other members of the strategist team that we want to make sure we mention before we move on? For this, I think I want to make a special mention to Astra, who is the VP of Data Science. He was an instrumental part of getting this project started. He did a lot of experimental work initially on the technology that powers the subject line generator. And so, yeah, I think special call out to him. Also a special call out, I think, to Christina, who is the lead for 
the overall strategies group, she has been advising us and keeping us in check as we launch this generator, or rather launch both the generator as well as the subject line assistant, ensuring that we maintain our high standards when delivering these features to our customers. And I think one person, Ali, on the design side, who really like helps just like guide in terms of design decisions, feedback, all of that, and anyone who is just on the design team, just trying to like help when it came to the feedback for the iterative processes. Yeah, and another person I'd like to mention also is Mike Galley, who helped a lot with doing the analysis for the analyze part of the subdivisions as the feature. So trying to figure out exactly how, for example, get the most similar campaigns to be able to make that feature as best as we can. So fantastic. That's accidentally a big callback there. I think all of those names, longtime listeners of the podcast will recognize because they have all been on before. So fun to call back to that. Let's dive into it. I gave a quick introduction to what a subject line is in the intro today, but that was a very quick overview. I was not intended to go fully into everything there. I guess let's start with the why. I want to hear more from the experts. Why did we have an entire team thinking about subject lines for months? Why are they so important? I think I can add some color to this one. <laughs> so in talking to a lot of customers and doing like a customer research and even doing like crash courses through Clavio about just subject lines alone, it became really apparent that one of the reasons subject lines were so important is because it's kind of like that key to unlock the door. It doesn't fully unlock it yet, but it just gets the key into the actually like kind of key holder. And so it's the first thing is the first impression that a customer gets when they receive that email. So think back to whenever you received an email too. That's like the very first kind of impression. And so you want to unlock that key and the subject line helps unlock. If the better it is, the more able you're going to kind of get that unlock that you're looking for. When it's not so great, people usually won't open that email. They'll just kind of like delete it. I've even done that before. But it became really apparent that that's also something that people struggle a lot with because it requires like time, work, and just trying to understand like best practices around it and everything. And some people just don't have that kind of time. So yeah, there's a lot of learnings through it. Maybe to add to what Sarah says, well, it's very similar, but if you don't have a good subject line, whatever you do within the email doesn't really matter, right? Because people won't open the email. So it's really, really important that you have a good subject line just to unlock as Paris said, and get people to actually open the email. So to see all the other companies you did. Yeah, I'll add in there that these days people are being bombarded with so many messages. Our attention span is at an all-time low. And so you really want to make sure that you capture people's attention. You want to make sure that they're able to understand what you want to get to them. And the best way to do this is by your subject line. Yeah, the key metaphor really resonated with me, I think. Obviously, anyone who's used keys, which I would imagine is most of our audience, you know that not every key works with every door by design. That's what they're supposed to do. So making sure that you actually craft your key in a way that's going to work for the door or in this case, the audience is important. Given how important subject lines are, I'm curious to know, how do our customers approach crafting their subject lines? Are there any parts of that process that are especially difficult to them? So there were a lot of ways that we found that like customers come up with different subject lines. A lot of the times they're looking at what their competitors are doing to kind of be again in the seat of the, the recipient. And they'll kind of like bookmark ones that were like favorite ones that kind of really stuck out to them based on like same industries sometimes. 
they might have like a whole working doc for the team and just like kind of segment it of like, this is for a promotion, this is for a newsletter and like have different kinds and kind of do votes on it as well. But sometimes there's just kind of like no full method. Sometimes it's just kind of ad hoc. It's whatever that kind of comes to mind after like doing the content and stuff like that. But there's just, there's different ways that customers approach making a subject line depending on kind of like factors like time, experience, what their role is, things of that nature. And so that's how it kind of also became more apparent that because there's more than one way of coming up with a good subject line, there's different solutions to that as well. Yeah. And I think to address the second part of your question, what was so difficult to users about crafting subject lines, I think if Ezra were here, he would use the term writer's block, right? Subject lines are really short. They're sweet. We've been talking about this key metaphor. They're like a first impression. And in a pretty limited number of characters and a limited amount of space, you have to communicate what it is that you're saying in your email. You have to communicate your voice as a brand. You have to be able to communicate directly to your audience and make sure that you're saying something that's specifically tailored to them. And for a lot of people, that's really intimidating. And it's an optimization problem, kind of, where you're working under a huge set of constraints and things that you have to consider. And so I think that the subject line assistant kind of is a good idea here to sort of alleviate some of that and provide a little bit of inspiration. That seems like a good segue to me. The main thing that we're here to talk about today is the feature that this team recently shipped, which is the subject line assistant. I think I probably have a sense of what that does just from the name, but just for the sake of specificity, for the sake of really understanding what it is we're about to talk about, tell me about that feature. How does the subject line assistant work for an end user? So the subject line assistant is a three-in-one tool that allows users the flexibility to alternate across different sub-features that we have created for the users. And for users that have experimented with this tool, you'll see that once you bring it up, there'll be three tabs within this popover. And the three tabs are called Generate, Analyze, and Learn. We believe that users can find value in each of these three different sub-features because there are just so many different pain points that users currently have with the subject line creation process. So. For the subject line assistant, I'm sure we'll be going into each tool in detail, but at a high level, what Generate does is it solves the issue of writer's block by helping users generate new subject lines based on their inputs. For Analyze, it allows users to reference and analyze their past subject lines to figure out what were the ones that were the top performing ones versus the ones that didn't perform as well. And for Learn, that's where users get to leverage Clavio's insights as to what makes for good subject lines, as well as reference some existing examples of good subject lines. So we believe that with providing users access to these three different tools bundled in a single feature, we'll be giving them the flexibility and agency to sort of chart their own subject line creation process. Yeah, that's one of the things that I find so interesting about this feature is that it's a single tool, but it approaches this problem from multiple angles. It's, in my opinion, a very data science approach. And I have to ask, how did you get to that point? I have to imagine that this idea didn't spring fully formed from your brain. So what starts simple? Was there a part of the subject line assistant that came first, as it were, like a specific need that you knew you wanted to tackle and try to deliver before you realized that the others were important parts of the solution? Yeah, I would say that with customer pain points, we always want to start with seeing if we can deliver 
the simplest solution to help customers. So the first thing that we started with was what we called subject line tips that eventually got rebranded as the learn function within the subject line assistant. And the thinking there was, what if we just told customers certain rules of thumb, which allowed customers to make decisions as to whether or not their subject lines were good enough or were there ways that they could further improve on their subject lines? And those were static, straightforward guidance that we believe would help the vast majority of users that were struggling to write subject lines. So the goal here was to give them general tips to improve their subject line writing process, but it was also a way for us to test out whether or not this initial tool would solve their pain point. And we soon realized as we were tracking users' usage of the tool that this was not enough. And so that led us to start thinking about other elements that we could add to this whole experience of creating subject lines. Yeah. And then to add on to that, like first when we started with tips, we're like, yeah, because people tend to have this kind of gap of knowledge when it comes to just like what are, you know, good practices and best practices for them. But through like the interviews that we kept on doing, it was really clear that just there were so many different ways that people were actually solving for like just trying to come up with a subject line. And those ways kept coming up as patterns. So like whether it be in the form of like tips or in the form of like looking back at the past subject lines or using a different like a separate tool outside of Klaviyo, there were just different ways that people were solving for this. And those were usually like the same ways that kept coming up in the customer calls. So we realized that there was just like there's just more than one way of doing this and limiting it only to tips might be kind of a disservice to just like the overall customer base. In that case, look, so Royce, you were correct. We're going to dive deeper into all of these parts. I'd like to start with learn since it sounds like that was what came first. That's kind of where things started. I think we've got a good sense of why it's important to have a learn piece in the first place, The just a lack of knowledge of best practices in, in general. But I'm curious, what are the sorts of things that you're actually trying to help customers learn with the learn function? And I guess related to that, where did that material come from? How did we figure out what we actually should tell people and help them learn? Yeah, sure. I can start here. So in terms of having the learn piece, first of all, at Clavio, we have tons of insights, um, experiences with subject lines and email marketing in general. So I think the first avenue we sought out was our colleagues, colleagues who had experience giving talks, giving webinars on subject lines. Here, I forgot to do a call out earlier, but we actually spoke to Akil, who is a growth success manager. We also spoke to Jen McCarthy, who is a principal technical writer, and they had tons of experience with marketing. And that gave us the base for building out this learn piece. And so just to recap, we leverage the institutional knowledge that we have here at Clavio. And the goal here was to find a way to scale this knowledge in a way that customers could access it on their own without having to consult someone from Clavio or having to search through help docs. We wanted a way that customers could easily access this knowledge while going through the subject line creation workflow. And what that meant was putting an icon right next to the subject line field so that customers could just click on it for easy reference as they went through their workflow. So that's how we started. Yeah. Sarah, anything to add on? No, I think that really covered it. Because like when it came to just trying to figure out what best tips do we do, that's when we kind of looked internally. And that's when like, I remember even like sitting and taking the course to like learn about just like best practices, what are things you should do, what are things you shouldn't do that Akil had hosted. 
And from there, that's how I even had like learned a lot more about it. And then even through speaking with customers, like them telling us, you know, like what are they usually looking for when they're trying to make your subject line or like what do they have difficulty with? So sometimes shortening it, that's a difficult process that they might have or like kind of sparking more curiosity. That's something that they kind of like struggle with as well. So just like hearing from customers and then learning internally as well on our part, that was what kind of helped. I'd also like to add to that, that especially for the uh, subject line length, we did some analysis of existing campaigns that our customers have sent. And we found a strong correlation with subject line length and performance where longer subject lines definitely tend to fall off in terms of open rate performance. So that's also one thing that led to this tip specifically. I'm curious, what's an example of a tip that I might get if I'm there to write a subject line? Like, let's say that I'm there selling my podcast subscriptions, which by the way are free. You should subscribe if you're listening to this right now. What might you tell me to do when I'm crafting my subject line? So there's one called Evoke Curiosity, where you basically want to make the reader interested in what you're doing, but don't want to give away too much. You want to say like, oh, this is... Give some hint of what you're talking about to make them curious of what actually check podcast out. So I think that's one good tip. Yeah, I was just pulling up the tool. And one example we give there is a subject line that get caught up on what you miss. So this sort of gets the user intrigued. Like, what is it exactly that I missed? And it sort of motivates them to open the email so that they can satisfy that curiosity. So I think it's sort of, you want to have a hook, so to speak, to get customers to open up your email. Very nice. So that explains what Learn does. I think I'd like to turn some attention to Analyze. What's happening in Analyze? What sort of analysis are you doing for customers there and presenting to them? So for that one, it's mainly two parts. The first part is we're comparing your the campaign you're currently sending with your existing send campaigns from the past 90 days. So what Mike Gala did in his analysis was trying to figure out what the best way of finding similar campaigns is. So we basically don't compare it to any campaign that you're sending because there can be wide differences what types of campaign you're sending. And what we determined was the best way with our current data is to look at the recipient size because usually you might be sending like to your whole sending list, which could be a lot of people, but you can send more targeted emails well to smaller sending lists. So basically what we determined to do to determine similarity is do a combination of recipient size and the date you send it. So basically dates that are closer to the campaign you're currently sending are also determined to be more similar. So there's a weight between those to get a combined metric determined similarity. So that was the first part. And the second part after that was to determine which of those campaigns that we determine are most similar actually perform the best. So we basically just look at open rate and sort it to give you a ranked list of those similar campaigns and to allow you to see what solving lines basically perform best. That's the gist of it. One thing that seems very nice about the size of campaign approach, I guess an edge case you run into when you think about emails is you probably avoid any subject lines that say test as the subject line just because those are probably sent to a really small group. And unless you're sending an extraordinarily targeted campaign, I doubt you're doing that. Yeah. And we did actually add a requirement that you had to send to more than 10 people for the campaign to actually register. If not, because usually if there's less than 10 people, then it's just sending for previews or testing. So yeah, here it's really interesting though. And that's the part about user behavior that fascinates me. We did put that in place so that users would not have to reference subject lines from test campaigns that wouldn't be relevant. But we run into another issue when users are trying to send out test campaigns and they want to reference subject lines from really successful campaigns, but they are unable to access those subject lines because 
of the recipient size of the given test campaign. If I choose a campaign and I select my preview list, which only has two people, I'm unable to see what the subject lines for an email sent to 50,000 subscribers might look like. And so that's something that the team is working on improving so that we can deliver the best experience to customers who want that flexibility to look at different subject lines. I will add as well that if you want flexibility in looking at your data, we highly recommend the custom reports feature and our reporting feature in general, where you have a lot more flexibility in what you want to see in your reports. So yeah, it's a good thing to bring up. This feature doesn't exist in a vacuum. There is an entire product around it. And actually, that's a segue. I find this analysis, like this analyze, looking at your best performing subject lines and similar campaigns functionality a little bit fascinating because that was a topic that actually came up a lot when I was working with A-B testing features. We were doing some work on completely other types of topics. We were asking customers about looking at like having more visibility into which subject lines had won their A-B tests. But quite a few of them organically talked about wanting to see their best performing subject lines overall, whether it was a test or not. So I see this feature as getting at a very similar idea. It's kind of the same general idea. I'm bringing that up because when we started thinking about that problem, there were all sorts of complications that popped up when we got past the basic idea of show campaigns or show subject lines that performed well. Like many things in this podcast, it ended up being an easier said than done thing. What sorts of things did you have to think about when you were thinking about what insights you were going to surface and analyze? This is more of a technical part, so maybe we can talk about it later. But one thing we had to figure out was to be able to Query all the data for your campaigns quickly to be able to service this in the UI because there's a lot of, sometimes people send a lot of campaigns. So we have to basically go through every campaign, find the statistics for open rate and click rate there and get it to the user in like basically less than a second. And we had to work a lot with the events team. So the data infrastructure team in Clavio to basically get a good way of getting that quickly because it was not entirely there yet before we started on this. So they helped a lot in just getting this as performant as we needed it to be. Yeah, I would say that in relation to the A-B testing feature, the team had to make some calls on, do we show both subject lines from the same A-B test or do we just show one? And we ended up making a call on just showing one subject line and we made the call based on whether or not the subject line had a higher open rate. And we know that it's not perfect, but the goal here is we wanted to get something out as quickly as possible to customers and not let perfect the enemy of the good when thinking about releasing these features. So it's this is our first step at it. And over time, we hope to be able to improve. So Philip, you just brought up one technical challenge. I'm curious, were there any other technical challenges you ran into while you were designing this or building out the functionality? No, I would say the main technical challenge was simply getting the data in a performant way because we want this to be quick for the user. It's not a good user experience if you have to wait for 10 seconds to show this every time you load the page. So we wanted this to be as fast as possible. And I think the first time we did this, like when we were testing this, it took like 20 seconds to load. So getting that down to under a second was definitely a big improvement. And we really, really appreciate the help we got from the events team to get that working. Yeah. No other technical challenges, just a 20-fold increase in speed. Nothing big. Yeah. I'd like to talk a little bit more about Generate. I think Generate is probably the flashiest of these three on the surface to a data science audience. And I think that's for good reason. AI generating text that's actually useful to a customer is an idea that, frankly, it is a large enough idea that I think not that far in the past, you would say that sounds like science fiction. 
I think that the idea of useful is actually where I want to start on this discussion. How did you and how do customers see this idea of AI-generated text fitting into their actual subject line writing workflows? How does this actually work for them and how is it useful? Yeah, I think that kind of like I mentioned earlier, this kind of gets the wheels turning for a customer to come up with ideas for a subject line. I think that when you play with the tool a little bit and you type in like a product description and the sorts of things that a customer would be sending an email about and you hit generate a few times and you start seeing these like different kinds of like phrases or words that pop up that maybe you might not have thought of before that kind of gives you the opportunity to like well first of all you might find a subject line that you like out of the bunch in which case that's really great and we as data scientists want to know that but also if that doesn't happen you hit generate a few times and you're not seeing a subject line that you can use right out of the box the hope is that along the way you can see some ideas or things that you wouldn't normally think of and so that kind of gives users the inspiration to I don't know, kind of scrapbook those together and come up with a subject line that's communicating what they want to communicate. Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously not asking you to reveal anything secret on the air here. But I also know that our audience is going to be very curious to hear more about this since, I don't know, natural language processing is a pretty hot topic right now. What were some of the challenges you faced in actually getting this generate feature live? Right. So our goal for the generate feature is case in point to come up with good subject lines for our customers' use cases. I would say that kind of the hardest part about getting this feature up and running is where do you even start with that? What is a good subject line? What is a subject line that's tailored to like a customer's brand voice? Like what's a subject line that has a tone that matches what the customer is trying to get across? And so just sort of generally I think that kind of packaging up like example subject lines that users have like used before and sort of matching those up with maybe product descriptions that they would have used was kind of like a really interestingly reverse engineering problem to sort of figure out how to get the generate feature producing subject lines that are reasonable. And yeah, that took a lot of tweaking. That took a lot of just sort of manual checking because frankly, sort of the best way to identify a good subject line is to kind of just read through them because that can be hard to quantify and sort of iterating. And then that eventually paved way to sort of help us identify areas of improvement and ways that we could continue to tweak the generator and continue to explore how to make the model more tuned to our use case. So yeah, I think that it's a really big problem to solve. And definitely the hardest part for me was just sort of knowing where to begin. That's one of the trickiest things that you can face in any data science problem is where it would be great if we just had the subjective measure of is a subject line good or not. But I mean, subject lines are something that humans evaluate. It's something that you really do need human judgment involved in this and finding the right way to do that is always tricky. An interesting facet of getting this generate feature up off the ground is that subject lines are a very unique type of text generation problem. It's not like we're asking for complete sentences or we're asking for the invention of like a haiku or a short story or something that gives a lot of leeway to really hit a home run with sort of the results of the model. But sort of like I said earlier, you have a very limited amount of space to communicate a brand message, to communicate what it is the email is trying to communicate, to make a connection with your audience and to encourage them to interact with and hopefully purchase or interact with 
whatever it is that you're offering. And so sort of tweaking a text generation model to a very specific use case of creating very short, punchy, hooky kinds of subject lines or just short pieces of text is harder than it sounds. (laughs) Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me as well. I have a question that is possibly naive, but I'll ask it anyway. I'm sure some people are listening to this and they're thinking, okay, but does that suddenly mean that all the subject lines that people send from Flavio are going to sound the same? And I guess like more broadly, more generally, are you worried that this tool is going to change the way that Clavio customers write their subject lines? Right. I could definitely take a stab at that first question. I think that a big fear with this feature, and I think that a concern that a lot of people internally and externally has brought up are kinds of like issues of plagiarism or uncreativity. Obviously, what we don't want to happen is customers in Clavio are having subject lines that are all sort of converging to this very like boring or uncreative or identical structure, in which case we've caused our brands to lose their brand image. We've caused them to sort of miss out on an opportunity to connect with like a specific audience. And so we played a lot with model parameters that allowed us to sort of control for that randomness and to make sure that the model is sort of exploring that complete space of possibilities to come up with subject lines that are diverse and different enough from each other. And in fact, we've also run quite a few QA checks internally to make sure that no two subject lines are too similar. And I think that something else about that is to address your second point of, are we worried that this will change the way that Clavio customers write their subject lines? I think that the goal of this feature, like I said, is just to sort of get the wheels turning. That's sort of the best that we can hope for. And and that's sort of a reasonable thing that we can ask for is that this model is coming up with ideas that give customers a place to start. And if it helps them do that, then that's kind of exactly what we've intended it to. I think that like whether someone chooses to rely on the generator to come up with their subject lines or not is definitely up for debate. But if the generator is coming up with subject lines that you like, I definitely don't see any problem with using it. Yeah, that point you brought up of kind of exploring the whole space of subject lines and trying to get more diversity in the types of approaches you see in the generator. That's it's an interesting point. You brought up the idea of this being an optimization problem, but I think that that shows it's not an optimization problem in the sense of we want to find the absolute best performing subject line. It's a different type of optimization problem. And I think it's a good reminder as you're going through and you're learning topics like optimization, it's good to keep in mind that there are many different types of goals that you could potentially have with this. Yeah, so another thing, if you want to actually optimize your subject lines, one feature we have in Clavio is to A-B test campaigns where you can simply just A-B test the subject lines that, for example, you could get from the generator. So if you see two different subject lines from the generator you like, you can put those into the A-B test and actually test those with your actual customers to see what works best for your audience. And I just want to reiterate, we call the tool a subject line assistant because I think the goal for the tool as well as the generator is not to replace a human. I guess in data science, we call this having a human in the loop. What this means is that the tool is meant to empower humans to make the best possible decisions. So some customers have asked us, why not you just give us the best subject line? But I don't think that's possible because marketing is as much of an art as it is a science. And we want to have that human element involved. And our goal here is not to replace any humans, but to sort of empower marketers to make the best possible decisions with all the tools at their disposal. 
I think that's a good segue, talking about people actually using this tool. Obviously, one of the most fascinating and fun things about working at Clavio or another place where you make data science-powered software is that you do actually get to see people use it. That includes during the build process. I, I know that you showed us a few examples of actual users using the feature while it was in limited availability, and then obviously also after launch. Let's focus on that early usage first here. Did any of the early usage of this feature really help refine or change any of your thinking? Yeah, I can chime in here. I think getting a feature early to customers is really helpful because otherwise we'll be operating in a vacuum. And when we launched this to a small group of customers, I think we started with a few hundred customers. We were able to see the type of subject lines that were being generated and spot issues pertaining to them. One of the issues I think we spotted was the fact that these subject lines that were initially generated could be exact replicas of inputs that customers were giving us. And so that was a way for us to do a quality check on ourselves and also push ourselves to come up with better subject lines. In terms of observing the customer usage of the tool, one thing we also realized that customers did not intuitively understand was that the tool is not deterministic. So if you click generate again, even with the same inputs, you can get very different outputs. So we actively observed customers and um, Sarah can speak more about this, but we came up with ways and tweaks that nudge customers to generate new subject lines if they weren't satisfied with their first generation of subject lines. Yeah. In terms of like the observation phase, that was a huge, huge part of like how we just like iterate um, in terms of bettering the, the user experience and everything. Just like seeing how people input things. Do they input things? How much do they input when it comes to like giving us a product name and the product description? How much do they write? Do they typically copy and paste? Like trying to find those common things as well as how often like which campaign type are people usually clicking? Or do they just kind of want to skip it and just click other to just kind of like get past that piece? And then when they get to the results, you know, like how long do they stay on it? When do people drop off? Why do people drop off? Things like that kind of really helped refine just like the entire design and like the experience itself. And then also the results, I think when we would actually see people, you know, do it live as opposed to us doing like the testing we're not like the customers at the end of the day and like we might not have like a business, but they're doing like real inputs, real products, real things that exist. And then seeing that come to life and seeing that how that would even like affect results and seeing what kind of results people would tend to click on. Does an emoji is something that like an emoji, does that speak to people more? Things of that nature, just like trying to track all these things and understand the why behind them to kind of refine the design to make it better. If I can add on to that, one of the biggest learnings that I definitely had from limited availability that Sarah, you touched on was this idea of customers giving us not very sophisticated inputs into the generator and sort of expecting sophisticated inputs out. So it sounds obvious, you know, hindsight is 2020. If a customer is having difficulty with writer's block and coming up with subject lines, they're probably also having trouble populating the description field and giving us enough information to give the model the best chance possible to come up with a good subject line. And of course, they're not doing that. A lot of times, customers are sort of just typing in things like blue sweater. So that was a really interesting problem to try to tackle of getting the model to understand sort of what the customer is trying to communicate there. What they're asking for is, I'm selling a blue sweater, and I want you to come up with ideas on how I can market this blue sweater. And so 
making sure that the model is equipped to handle cases like that was something that we didn't really realize that we needed to do when we first started playing with the generator. What have things been like since launch? So since launch, I think we have seen really high engagement with the subject line assistant. We've seen customers come in and I think at this point we have had more than 500,000 subject lines generated across, I think, 150,000 generations. And what that tells us is that there is demand for help with subject lines. Like customers want help with their subject lines. Customers are seeing the generator as a partner to bounce ideas off. We have seen customers come in and click on the generate button five to six times within the same session because they want to keep getting new inspiration before finally settling on what subject line to use. We've seen customers use the subject line generator to generate content for their preview text as well. We've also seen how customers are A-B testing using output from the subject line generator. So overall, I think it's been great just having customers use a product that we worked on. What you just brought up, as always, we champion continual learning on this podcast. I imagine seeing an individual customer click the generate button five or six times probably teaches you something. But in the spirit of that, this feature has been out for a bit over a month at the time that we're recording this episode. So you've been able to see the whole customer base use the subject line assistant for a decent bit of time. What have you learned from that? One thing that we were really interested in building with the subject line generator specifically was sort of a feedback loop where when we are understanding the kinds of subject lines that are resonating most with customers, we can use those subject lines to in turn develop an even better model which then will give us even better outputs on average, which then we can use to iterate and create an even better model. And that's a really nice workflow. So right now, we have sort of an in-app statistical A-B test running behind the scenes to determine which model that we're thinking about implementing sort of full-fledged to all Clavio customers is most likely to win, in which case, you know, using that model will allow us to come up with subject lines for use as a training set for an even better one. So it's definitely neck and neck. And it's really encouraging to see that both of these models are doing so well, but also we're excited to finalize those results too. I think maybe one thing that I can add on for this is even before the entire like full release, when we had released it to like segments of our customers, the three-in-one tool, so many customers kind of like when we did just feedback interviews with them, we're asking for ways to combine like the three tools or combine like an analyze and generator tool. Like they kept asking, giving different ideas of like, can you do this? Can you do that? Like, this is really cool. This is helping me in this. But if you combine it with this, it'll give me something even better. So it was really nice to see and just hear customers asking for ways that we can actually just enhance it and make it better and like make it an even bigger tool and everything. So and maybe ways that we didn't really fully think about, or like maybe we had thought about it, but we didn't know how to kind of put the pieces together. And they kind of like helped do that and helped us like kind of figure out, okay, cool. So how can we iterate this for like a V2, like way later down the line, what this looks like after just like this V1 kind of thing. So it was, it was really cool to kind of like, it was almost like a collaborative process. Yet another reminder, we have so much to learn from our customers. And I think that that's generally true for anyone listening to this podcast who's making any software features, but especially data science features where an end user is going to end up using them. So, And with that, that is all of the time we have for this episode. I would like to thank the Strategic Guidance team once again for jumping on. Thank you, Sarah, Royce, Josh, Philip. This was an excellent discussion, and I'm so happy I got to learn more about this tool. Thanks, Michael. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having us. 
This episode of the Clavio Data Science Podcast was sponsored by Clavio, as all episodes of the Clavio Data Science Podcast are. If you're interested in learning more about Clavio, we are a unified customer platform for email, SMS, and more. And we empower online brands to own their data and grow on their own terms. If you liked what you heard in this episode, please consider subscribing. As I mentioned earlier, subscribing is free. You should be able to do it through just about every major podcast distribution network. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can subscribe to our podcast and hear more episodes. We come out with a monthly. If you liked what you heard, also feel free to leave us a rating or leave us a review. Those help us in the algorithm, help us show up to more people. Obviously, a great way to help us show up to more people is to share this episode directly. If you have a colleague, if you have a friend, if you have a family member, if you have an enemy, whoever it is, if you think that they'd be interested in hearing what you heard today, feel free to share this directly with them. If you have any questions about what you heard during this episode, the best person to contact is me. The best place to reach me is my Twitter account. That Twitter account is Lawson underscore M underscore T. That's L-A-W-S-O-N underscore M underscore T. Thank you for listening. Have a great month.